0: One year ago, basically, on March 15th, 2020, was our first online worship service. I remember we had to scramble to make it happen, because we got word just like the two days maybe before that Nora's story would not be open. And a year later, here we are, where we've been through this pandic- pandemic for one year now. Um, I wanted to ask, how are you feeling this morning? How are you feeling as we've hit the one-year mark of really pretty much being in quarantine. I want to ask, as you think about that, to be present with what you are feeling. What kind of emotions do you have? Are you tired of being quarantined and not being able to freely move around? Has that taken any sort of mental toll on you? Just not being able to get out and do the things that we normally do. What are you carrying this week? Maybe it's stresses due to work. Maybe you are in school and taking your finals this week. Maybe it's just simply the weight of doing all of this stuff over Zoom for a year. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the way that God looks at our whole being, our body, our soul, our spirit, our emotions, our inner lives, because he wants to heal us in total, our totality of who we are. Our verse for today is in Psalms, Psalms 34, 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for the word that you have for us as we open up our hearts to you. God, would you draw near and Show us, Lord God, your thoughts. Show us, Lord, what you want to speak to us, Lord, as a church and individually, Lord. Thank you, God, for the healing that you have been bringing into our lives and what you want to do today. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. There is a story in the Bible where some men bring their friend who's paralyzed to Jesus on a mat. And some of you recognize the story. You've heard of it maybe since you were a child. They dig through a hole in the ceiling and and lower Jesus down in a really creative way to get him to Jesus. And when they present him to Jesus, kind of thinking of medical terminology, the presenting problem he has is his paralysis. That's why they brought him to Jesus. They said, his problem is he is paralyzed. Please heal him. But Jesus takes a look at him in his totality again, because he sees everything his mind, body, spirit, his soul. And he sees the primary problem is that his soul is afflicted with sin. And he says, You're desperately in need of forgiveness. So he says, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. So Jesus forgives his sins. Jesus came to forgive our sins because that is all of our chief problem. He died on the cross and shed his blood so that we can receive forgiveness and eternal life with him. It says in Isaiah, by his wounds we are healed. And when Jesus looks at the man, he, he not only heals his sins, but he also says, get up and take your mat and walk. So Jesus is about healing all of ourselves our inner and outer selves. He brings healing to our souls, emotions, and bodies. Though we have received salvation and we've been made alive with Christ, we do struggle with the effects of sin in our inner lives and our inner selves. But take heart. In Psalm 34, we read, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. God is close to us when we are brokenhearted. And we know we do experience the weight of sadness, anxiety, brokenness that comes from all different things that happen in our lives. These are things that keep us in bondage. And God is a God who knows us and can heal the broken heart. His desire is to save us and bring the inner healing. So today we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking a little bit more about what is inner healing, why do we need inner healing, and how does it work in our lives? How does God bring about inner healing? So what is inner healing and why do we need it? In his book Power Healing, John Wimber defines inner healing as a process in which the Holy Spirit brings forgiveness of sins an emotional renewal to people suffering from damaged wills, minds, and emotions. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he brings forgiveness of sins. Why? Because sin is at the root of all, all of our brokenness. And he brings emotional renewal and all of our inner being. Experiences needing inner healing fall into one of three categories. I think this is a helpful way that, again, John Wimber has kind of broken this up for us. Number one is it's because we've been born into a sinful world, a world that is plagued by all sorts of illnesses illnesses and, and things like the coronavirus that bring so much pain into our lives. Death. We all know we'll experience a physical death unless Jesus comes before that. This causes emotional pain and a sense of abandonment, disappointment, disillusionness. We live in a society that's shaped and influenced so profoundly by sin, and we face the pressures of ungodly values and standards of beauties, of success, because of the world that we live in that's broken by sin. The second thing is we see that inner healing, we need inner healing from wounds that are inflicted by others. From neglect, abuse, rejection, childhood traumas, hurts that we receive from people, things that they've done knowingly and unknowingly to us. The third area is that we need healing from damage that comes as a result of personal sin that we commit, things that we choose to do, things like harboring hatred in our hearts, jealousy, unforgiveness, addictions. These things that break our inner selves. Sin is at the root of our brokenness, causing all sorts of mental and emotional dysfunctions and pain. And the reason why, don't need to state it because I think we all know, we need healing because we want freedom from this bondage that we are not meant to live under. And Jesus came to save us from our broken hearts. So how does God bring inner healing into our lives? I wanted to share a story that I think illustrates well how God brings about inner healing and his heart for us in it. We're going to take a look at John chapter 11, and it's a well-known story that I know uh, many of you have heard. We're going to focus in on a few things that um, really on on Mary and Martha and Jesus' interactions with them. So let's begin in verse one. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified in it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. We're going to jump to verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Let's pause here just for a second. So I want us to put ourselves in the shoes of Martha and Mary. The sisters sent Jesus an urgent message to come and heal the brother who was about to die. They were praying and hoping and waiting for Jesus to show up but Jesus doesn't and their brother dies. I imagine that they probably even waited just a little bit at least to see if Jesus would still show up after their brother died. After all, they all knew the story that Jesus healed Jairus' daughter who had just died. Jesus came, touched her, she was raised. But Jesus doesn't come and they have to bury him and they put him in the tomb. Lazarus is sealed up and it's over. A day passes. Then another day passes. Many people, it says, came to see Martha and Mary and to comfort them. But not Jesus. Another day passes. And another day passes. At this point, it's not just that Jesus didn't make it in time to heal their brother. It's like, what reasonable excuse could Jesus have for coming this late? Lazarus was four days dead in the tomb by the time Jesus shows up. Does Jesus even care? Mary and Martha are not only grieving the loss of their brother, but can you imagine their disappointment in Jesus? And let's see Jesus' encounter with each of them. In verse 20, Martha heard that Jesus was coming, and she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Martha is able to go out and meet Jesus. She gathers herself together. She's in a frame of mind where she can come out and she goes out to meet Jesus before he comes to her. And then this is what she says. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Her first words show that she is disappointed. She says, I know my brother wouldn't have died if you had come. But then she follows it right up. And you realize that with her words that she has been already grappling with and asking the question in her heart. So Jesus didn't show up. How do I feel about Jesus? Do I still believe in him? She's made it. She's already come to that conclusion. But I still believe in you, Jesus. You can sense that both disappointed, but I'm, I still believe in you. Jesus says in verse 23, he, he has this conversation with her. Your brother will rise again. And Martha answers, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus is like, yeah. Mar- Martha says, yes, I understand. I believe in that. We'll all, we'll all rise again. But Jesus goes on and he, you know, he, can, he actually can corrects her understanding here. And challenges her. He says in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever believes by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Martha, do you believe this? Jesus says he's the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in him, even though he dies, will live. Whoever lives and believes in him will never die. What does this mean? How how is Martha to understand what Jesus is saying? Jesus wants Martha to understand that he has power over death. Death is only sleeping. He is the resurrection and the life. Martha is going to see it in just a few moments when he raises Lazarus from the dead. Jesus shows, I have power over death. But right now, he's calling Martha to take a step of faith. Much like Peter, just take a step to get out of the boat and walk. What is Martha's response going to be? Martha could say no. She could say, my brother Lazarus believed in you, and he's decomposing in a tomb right now. What do you mean, Jesus? that he'll live, even though he believes in you. But she says in verse 27, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Yes, Lord. Even though she doesn't, I imagine, quite fully understand what Jesus means by that, what he just said, she says, I believe. I believe you are the Messiah. And because I believe you're the Messiah, I believe in what you say. Even though I don't fully understand it, I believe it. That's an incredible statement of faith. It says in the scriptures that many came to believe in Jesus after he resurrected Lazarus. but This is before he resurrects Lazarus. Jesus calls Mary, Martha out and this is a, a faith-building moment, an incredible moment for her and Jesus. Now Jesus wants to have a conversation with Mary. He turns his eyes to Mary. In verse 28, it says, After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. So at this point, realized Mary wasn't able to gather herself. But once she hears and Martha comes and approaches her, She responds. She gets up and she goes out to meet Jesus. In verse 30, now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, My brother would not have died. She says the same words that Martha said. Same disappointment. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And it says when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Jesus doesn't carry on a conversation with Mary. He sees she is broken with grief. He feels her pain. He weeps with her. That is what Mary needed at that moment. Not a conversation, but she needed to know Jesus felt her pain. So Jesus approaches his sisters differently. With Martha, he has a conversation with her about who he is, the truth, and a call to come and step out in faith. With Mary, he weeps with her. He feels her pain. He has compassion on her. And when it comes to inner healing, God deals with us, whether we are like Martha or like Mary. And the reality is though we might personality have one like one or a little more like the other, we are both Martha and Mary. There are times we are going to need Jesus to just understand he feels our pain and he weeps with us like Mary. And there are times we're going to need to understand truth and he calls us out to take a step of faith and understand who he is and his purposes for us. A picture, this is a picture of how God brings inner healing. And when I think about my life and how he's brought inner healing in my life and the lives of people around me, it's like that. It's like that when he brings these moments of understanding truth and times when he sits with me and I feel his presence and he understands my pain. There are times when I feel like God brings like an emotional surgery and there's a, a breakthrough in my life. But many times, inner healing comes in the form of every day, just walking with him as he speaks something into my heart and helps me recognize and to confess feelings of insecurity. And where does that come from? Feelings of jealousy, harboring bitterness, and then saying, Lord, what do I do with this? And he begins to show me as I confess, and he brings healing and release in my heart about that situation. Healing is oftentimes not a linear journey. It's, it's a process that God, only God knows how we each need it in our lives and what we need at different times. And the spirit knows us better than anyone else. And he brings that healing. So will you let God do a work of healing in your life? This week, in your times with the Lord, I'm going to invite you to seek to be present with him, to be present and ask the Lord, what is going on inside? And as you sit with him, allow the Holy Spirit to bring to thought the things that are going on and lay them before the Lord. Lay your struggles, lay your pains, and ask him to heal you. I'm going to lead us right now through a a bit of an exercise. I opened us up today with the question, how are you doing? How are you doing now that we've been through this pandemic for one year? What are you carrying today? What kind of stresses, whether it's related to family or work, school? What are you carrying today? Our devotional readings for this week has a passage I think that's relevant for us today and how we apply the Word of God. In Matthew 11, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In this passage, Jesus invites us to rest. Jesus is a gentle and humble master. And if we submit to his leading, we should be experiencing an easy yoke and a light burden. So today, if you are feeling driven hard, and if your burden is heavy, then you should ask yourself, whose yoke have you been submitting to? Is it the yoke of Jesus or is it the yoke of Satan and of sin? Satan is a harsh master who wants to control us, a master that drives us hard and does not allow us to rest. So make it your prayer now as you recognize what's going on inside of you. What is the burden that you're carrying? And if you're being driven by a harsh master, that of Satan and of sin, then ask. Jesus, to free you. Learn from him. He says it's a process to learn from him.